Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Daniel 6, verse number 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree has been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. You may be seated. I want to preach for a little while today using as a subject, it ain't none of your business. Look at the person beside you and tell them, you heard the man. It ain't none of your business. The dawn of LinkedIn, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, in large measure are responsible for the mass shootings that have caused the death of privacy and discretion. Our ability to post just our wins and bypass our losses has energized narcissism, spun the wheel of Russian roulette for those with fragile self-esteem, fueling codependency on likes and comments. Not to mention social media has uh, forced down the throats of the unsuspecting the poison known as comparison. People will now go live just so that you can see them cry. Instead of picking up the phone, they will place under your post, call me right away, Uncle James just died. On a date, they will show pictures of the food, but not who they're sharing the meal with. Go online to lambast a boss, out an unfaithful lover, or go on a tirade because they are irritated. Nothing is private anymore and you keep putting strangers in your business. We're living in an hour where rumors are unnecessary because you are the informant. Back in 1929, Justice Louis Brandeis Olmsted is attributed the quote, privacy is the most comprehensive of all our rights. The right to be must be cherished by the citizens of a free nation. Public policy impacts our private lives. The public policy of the Fair Housing Act of 1968 made it illegal to harass people because of their race or religion. So in the privacy of the home that 50 years ago, where you live, you probably could not have occupied. The public policy of the Voting Rights Act 
allowed our community to have the privacy to go in the voting booth and to cast your ballot, but this governor's administration wants to, in fact, infringe on that right, making it illegal for us to pass out water, wants to minimize your access to polling stations, and canceled souls to the polls. Look at what President Biden's public policy on student loan forgiveness and consider what its impact will have on black families to be able to make a mark in the economy and the ability to leave a legacy. The Bible warns that our people die from a lack of knowledge. And I wanted you to know this morning that what happens in public affects what happens in private. What happens in public affects what happens in private. If you don't believe policies are important, check with the people in Mississippi and see if they will not bear witness to the impropriety we find in the minutes recorded in Daniel 6 where Daniel is an administrator for the president. And they're trying to get him ready to get a promotion to oversee greater responsibility. Everything seems to be lined up except for his co-workers. His co-workers are immediately grieved about Daniel's promotion. And they're trying to find a way to disqualify him but they can't find any flaws or chinks in his armor. Even though they knew he could perform, they wanted to stifle his progress. I better warn some people who are watching online in case you're not listening in this room. There are people who know your capacity. They know your ability and they are absolutely outraged because they have a sense of your trajectory. But in spite of what it is that they have in fact conspired in their mind to hold you back, this is a good place for me to remind you no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. They couldn't find anything to hold Daniel back. And because they could not find anything to thwart his advancement, they decided to make up a policy. And I need you to know that when you are gifted, when you are anointed, when you are called, you have to be on high alert for people to create policy because they are partial against you. They will make up stuff that's not even in the manual. Has nothing to do with your work ethic, nothing to do with your productivity. They'll make up policies like you can't wear natural hair. They'll make up policies that even though you have already served your time, that you cannot apply if you've ever committed a crime. They will make up policies that even if you ever had to file bankruptcy in a bleak season of your life, that somehow or another that to disqualify you from everything in your financial future. They will make up a policy to suggest that because you failed one drug test, you should never work again. But I serve a God 
and God's specialty is in breaking rules, changing rules, and ignoring rules. I know that you all are here acting as if you dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, but there's some people in this room that know his grace is sufficient. I am not where I am because I did everything right. I am where I am because I serve a God who saw the best in me even when everybody else God will break the rules but it is our responsibility to change the policy the opposition conspired to keep Daniel contained and they concluded that the only thing that they could do against Daniel was to sign a public ordinance and the public ordinance was that you could not pray to anybody but to the king they were in essence trying to establish an early form of Christian nationalist religion that would suggest that you are serving a God that only blesses America and ignores everybody else. I am afraid of this nationalistic religion that is now emerging. That under the banner of Christendom will put immigrants on a bus and send them to Martha's Vineyard. I'm scared of this brand of Christendom that would suggest that women don't know how to make decisions over their own bodies. I'm scared of this brand of Christendom that want to act like slavery didn't happen. I'm scared of this brand of Christendom that will turn a bland eye about what happened on January 6th and act as if that that man should not be in jail right now. But I serve a God that reigns on the just and the unjust. They put a policy in place and the policy was you could not pray in public. In 1962, the United States Supreme Court banned prayer from schools. But I'm telling you as a living witness that when you put prayer in a child, it don't matter where they are, they'll know how to call on God. I'm talking to some people in this room that prayed before that test. You prayed before that exam. You prayed. You got to teach your children how to pray, not just over food. You got to wake them up early in the morning and let them know that there is a God that is fighting on their behalf. Don't you get so spooky that you don't know how to anoint your children with oil. Let them know that ain't no supervisor, ain't no teacher, no coach is gonna crush my child's spirit. They're not gonna crush my child's dream and they're not gonna trust my child's aspirations. And forget that if you don't know how to teach your children to pray is because you don't know how to pray. But I'm preaching to some folk that don't 
don't wait till you get to new birth to pray. You pray before you punch in your code at the ATM. You pray when it is that you hand over your debit card. You pray when you got to put $5 on number seven. You pray when one of your co-workers think they going to talk slick at you and you ain't going to check them about it. You got to learn how to pray. Daniel didn't care what they said and did not care that there was a policy against prayer. What Daniel did is he went home. He pulled open the curtains and he says, I'm getting ready to pray and I'm going to pray facing the Capitol. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to operate in righteous civil disobedience. I'm talking about the kind of original gangster rap music that your grandmothers used to sing before N.W.A. Here's what your grandmothers used to rap about before I be a slave. I be buried in my grave and go on to my Lord. You've got to have the kind of tenacity to know that public prayer will put you in power. Where the church has become anemic and frail and impotent is that we sing together, we shout together, we dance together, but we do not pray together. And I am believing that when the people of God go back to prayer, nations will come back into alignment with the will of God. Would you lift up that hand right where you are? I need you to open up your mouth. I'm telling you right now, we getting ready to pray for this nation. We getting ready to pray for this state. We getting ready to pray for this judicial system. Would you lift up that hand and open up your mouth and pray? Pray like you know how to do. Pray like you were raised to do. Those of you that are watching online, I need you to lift up your voice and pray. Come on, you got more praying you than that? That if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I'll heal the land. I need you to pray. I need you to pray. There'll be no school shootings this school year. I need you to pray that our community will not be gentrified. I need you to pray that you're going to get favor with the bank. I need you to pray that your business is going to take off. I need you to pray. Oh my God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Holy God. I want you to pray for people to be healed of fibroids. I need you to pray against heart attacks and strokes. I need you to pray to cut off low self-esteem and suicide off of our babies. I need you to pray. You may be seated. 
Hallelujah. When you find the power of public prayer, then God is going to have to move. You find the nerve to pray in public, you are forcing the hand of God that God got to do something on your behalf. You can't be a prayer warrior and be shy. I can't hear nobody. Come by here, dear Lord. We all need you. It ain't my mother. It ain't my father. It's me, oh Lord. Y'all learn how to pray in public. You may be seated. In, um, in 2017, 2017, my mentor, Reverend Jesse Jackson, called me and asked me to come to New York for a meeting that he was having with leaders of Fortune 500 companies on why it is that they needed to reinvest into black and brown communities. They had a responsibility. We have over $14 trillion in spending power and we are not seeing it come back to us. Reverend Jackson asked me, uh, Jamal, fly to New York, come with me and be a part of this meeting with Fortune 500 leaders. Got on a plane landed in the LaGuardia airport. My flight was uh, delayed. Meeting was supposed to start at one o'clock. My plane landed at 12.45. I darted out of the plane. I didn't have any bags. Just a one-day turnaround trip. Find the uh, SUV that's going to drive me into Manhattan and uh, get in the car. And he's driving me to the meeting. I said, man, you, you got to hurry up. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm late for my meeting. And uh, he, he's one of them talkative drivers. I, I, I forgot to press no talking in the, in the request. And uh, we drive into our meeting, and uh, he keeps talking to me. He says, uh, sir, uh, I'm so proud. I, I got a daughter that go to Columbia University. I said, oh man, that's great. We keep driving. He said, man, I'm so proud. I got a son in medical school. I said, oh, that's wonderful. He said, I've only been here a couple of years. I said, oh, welcome. Glad you made it. He said, uh, when I came here, I didn't have nothing. I said, that's awesome. He said, this is my fifth truck. I said, oh, wow, your fifth truck. That's great. He said, uh, what time is it? I said, uh, it's 128. We're 28 minutes late for my meeting. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I got to pull over. I, I said, well, no. Uh, <laughs> no I, I said, I was happy your daughter's in school. I'm, I, I'm glad your son in medical school. He, he said, I know, but 1.34 is my prayer time. Mm. 
He pulls the truck over. I'm mad because I'm late for my meeting. He goes to the back of the truck, pops open the truck and takes out his prayer mat. Rolls out his prayer mat on the sidewalk of New York. I got an attitude because I got a meeting I got to go to. I got some important people I got to see. I got some business I got to take care of. And God arrested me in that truck and said, if that Muslim man can pray in the street, what you going to do for what I did for you? I don't know where y'all are, but I ain't going to let no Muslim out pray me. Every time I think of the goodness of Jesus at all. When you pray, when you pray in public, God got to do something. Now, there is a policy that says you cannot pray in public. And I need you to see what Daniel does. He throws open the curtain and says, I am going to operate in public defiance. And I'm going to pray and it don't matter who likes it and who don't like it. I need you to know a whole lot of laws have been written to keep black men in jail. A whole lot of laws have been orchestrated to keep black men behind the eight ball. But Daniel operated in a level of faith that if we can get more black men to start praying, the community will start changing. Our families will start shifting. And the staff, staff at the White House, go to King Darius and said, we got to do something about this man because he has disrupted the policy. The policy says no praying in public. What are we going to do about him praying in public? He didn't murder nobody. He didn't steal from nobody. He didn't carjack nobody. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I wish I had time to talk about the disproportionate sentencing. That black men will go to jail when white men get probation. It's a matter of changing policy. So they said, we're going to give him a sentence because he broke the policy. And the sentence we're going to give him, now y'all getting ready to come back from vacation Bible school, is put him in the lion's den. I need y'all to know this, that when he openly prayed, he pulled the curtain back. But when they put him in the lion's den, there were no windows. I can't hear nobody. The thing you got to know about prayer, if you don't know how to pray in public, when you get to places in your life where you feel like you are trapped, you ain't gonna know what to do. But there's some folk in this room that know when I praise him at church, it ain't cause it's my first time praising him. I praise him in my car. I praise him in my living room. I pray. They shut Daniel in the lion's den. 
and here's where my problem arises and where I argue with the text, Pastor Gray, is that when they put them in the lion's den, I don't know what Daniel prayed. God help me. All I know is the next morning when they came to check on Daniel, Daniel walked out of it and nobody knew what he said. Would you look at your neighbor and say, I've been waiting all week to tell you this. It ain't none of your business what I'm asking God for. I just need you to know I'm getting ready to come out of this because prayer still changes things. I wish I could find a praiser. God said, because you prayed in public, I'm getting ready to do something in your private life. If there's some private issues that you need God to address, don't turn to your neighbor, but I need you to shout for what's going on with your daughter. I need you to shout for what's happening in your body. I need you to give him glory because your marriage is falling apart. I praise him in public because I need God to do it in private. Will God do it? Will God make a way? Give somebody a high five and tell them this week, private blessing, private deliverance, private healing. This can really mess up your church life. I do not want you to turn to your neighbor because the miracle you're getting ready to get is not your neighbor's business. But what you need God to do, don't wait till the battle is over. Shout right now. Praise him. Private blessings are on the way. Private miracles are on the way. Private healing is on the way. I hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.